1: question that we've talked about before and has been answered pretty conclusively does money buy happiness the answer is yes the answer is yes up to a point that's the the general feeling and the general analysis by people here's a better question how much money do you stress about money well how much money would you need to feel happy and less stressed? Matt, do you worry about money? You concerned about money? Or are you independently wealthy? I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, who doesn't? I mean, well, I don't know. You
1: don't have kids and everything. Maybe it's not. Maybe
2: you know. Nah, no, everybody worried. worries about money. I mean, if you have. Do bills you stress and- over money? Um, no, not as much as I did before when I was younger, when you have, when you're not making barely anything, when you first start out, you, you're stressing a little bit. Um, now it's more like I'm in a place that's pretty good, but like, I can't upgrade because now everything's so expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hear
1: you. Uh, so if, if you were asked how much more money in an, in terms of increased salary, you would need to feel happy and less stressed. What would you say? How much?
2: As a percentage or a no, dollar no, amount? No, no, dollar amount. To be happy and not
1: stressed. And less stressed. That's the terminology.
2: How much would I need? In addition to whatever you make now. Oh, I would probably need like a half a million at least. What? That much? <laughs> I would say at least. To feel totally happy and not stressed at all? You would need an additional half a million dollars a year. Yeah. That okay, yeah, that surprised me. All
1: right, uh, Tony, you have an answer to this?
2: I'll be fine with a hundred grand a year,
1: and, uh, what on top of what you're earning now? Yes. Okay, so, so m- my answer was I could I would really be happy with another eh, fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year. My mu- my um my wife, I asked her the question she said she could use another 3 grand a month so figure if it's 40 grand but after taxes it's probably about 55 56000 so she and i are both kind of in the same area the median american right not the mean not the average but right in that meaty part of the curve the median american according to this fascinating survey by axios they need. They say they need a $30,000 salary bump to feel happy and less stressed. That's according to uh, this recent survey from uh, not only Axios, but the financial um, services company Empower. It's very interesting because the country's mood has been pretty low lately, and now you know what might make people happy, more money. When asked if money can buy happiness... of respondents said yes. There are a couple of things about this that surprised me. I'm going to tell you. The, The highest percentage of people that said money could buy happiness was millennials. 72%. And, you know, it surprised me a little bit because, well, maybe not because millennials are probably in an age where at a time in their lives where they're looking to uh, maybe have children, buy houses, things of that nature. So maybe they recognize the stresses of money. The lowest number of people that said money could buy happiness was the silent generation. So that's right after World War II. Now, here's what was really interesting. Respondents were asked what salary they would need to feel happy and less stressed. Well, people at the bottom, people at the bottom of the income scale, they said, um, meaning if they earn less than $25,000 or, yeah, people at the bottom of the income scale, if they earn less than $25,000, said they would need $33,250 a year, that would do the trick. But here's what was really interesting to me, and if you would have asked me to predict this, I don't know that I could have predicted this accurately. The more money you make, the more money you say you need. So people who are earning more than $200,000 a year, they need a salary of $350,000 a year. So people that are earning $200,000 or more, they need a $350,000 a year salary. People that are earning between and dollars and two and two hundred, dollars they need another $200,000. So isn't that interesting that the more you make, the more you say you need to be happy... I guess I kind of get it. I think maybe we all spend slightly above our means. So if you're used to living on a $50,000 salary and all of a sudden you get a, you know, you get a 40% raise, boy, uh, that's substantial. But if you're, you know, if you're earning 150000 and then you get a 33% raise, well, maybe that's not or well, you you know maybe you need more but i thought that was interesting that the more money you earn the more money you believe you need to be happy i'm curious one what your initial answer is to that question does money buy happiness and two how much money would you need to be happy and less stressed is it a half a million as Matt Blaze apparently needs? is it a hundred grand as Tony apparently needs? or is it you know 50 to sixty thousand dollars as I need? or is it you know a little less than that which my wife needs? Curious where you come down because the median in this country is right around thirty thousand. That's what they say they need. The more you make more you say you need all right 800-848-9222 that is our question does money buy happiness and if so how much
0: a question since before your son burned hot in space and before your race
1: was born i have awaited a question all right you are welcome to comment on anything else we have covered today as well william is in manhattan hi william
3: Good morning, Frank. What I'm going to say to you, no money doesn't bring happiness. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I knew people before they became celebrities. I don't have to mention their names, or so I will. Tracy Morgan, Mike Epps, Leslie Jones. And I'm going to tell you, if you're not content with yourself, you're just going to be a disaster after that. And proclaiming to what had happened with the train well, ride. William,
1: William, let me you- just ask you one quick question, though. The one thing, though, is let's say you make a lot of money. Then you don't have to worry about getting evicted because you can't afford the rent. Uh, You don't have to worry about how you're going to pay for medical care or a dentist appointment. That's all stuff that you do have to worry about and you do stress about if you don't have a lot of money. So I can see why—I mean, I'm not disputing what you're saying that you got to be happy with yourself, but I can see why if you're struggling with money— it adds more stress to your life.
3: Well, I worked on Broadway as an usher, and they forced me to open up a bank account. And then I guess from hopping over the train um, from the New York City transit, they garnished my check. So, I mean, you go to these banks. This is why this stuff is happening with Democrats and Republicans and all of this stuff. So We're going on a higher level, but I'm going to stick to the ba- basics. You are right, but if you're not grounded, leveled with yourself, you can lose more Got than it. you will Got it.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know who actually went broke recently? Cornell West. This is a guy that was making over a half a million dollars. He apparently has no money.
3: I met him in a studio at Hot 97 when I was the on air radio personality with the Starbuck Wild show. I was a cast member. I'm surprised he didn't you that- ask you for a loan. <laughs> you should go and do stand up comedy. You're good. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, UFOs do they do exist. And also, you can channel them in your dreams because my great-grandmother always keep coming back and my mother's mother for some reason. They treated all the family members like I don't know what. It was a horror movie, Frank.
1: Oh, boy. I'm sorry to hear that, William. William, thank you for the insight. Oh, I didn't know you had another kind. 800-848-9222. Corey is in Westwood. Hi, Corey. Paulie. Sorry?
4: Paulie from Westwood? Uh, Paulie, even better. Hey, Frank, I don't...
5: I, I was just wondering. It was like amazing people that make so much money.
4: Are they really happy?
5: I I retired. I was a New York City Guardsman. I make maybe sixty thousand dollars a year, and I'm so happy because I, I'm fifty nine years old. I'm married to a twenty five year old. Oh wow! And it's what itself
4: is life itself that makes you happy. It's not about money. It's not about money.
1: I mean, well, I mean, I don't think they... If you surveyed the people that are married to a 25-year-old, I think that that happiness level would be off the charts.
6: Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is
1: <laughs> Paulie, thank you. Merry <laughs> Christmas. 800 God bless him. Wow. Larry is on Long Island. Hello, Larry.
5: Frank, great subject. Uh, I turned 70 in October. I've been retired for about 10 years now. Uh, most of my life, I worked for 33 years with a worldwide company. I, as I've said before, I was a musician for over 40 years. I worked my butt off and put a lot of savings together. At one point, up until about three years ago, thank you, Joe Biden, I had literally three quarters of a million dollars in savings. I have not been happy in 10 years since I've been out of the workforce. Um, I'm living now off my savings. The majority of my income now is derived from Social Security. Am I in desperate trouble financially? No, but I have never been more unhappy in general as a result of being no longer working. Lots of people look, look to retire in their 40s. I don't understand it. It is... It doesn't bring happiness. I'm telling you, this is just from my standpoint. It gives me some comfort, but I'm living off my savings now, and I, I do the I crunch the numbers all the time. Can I live another 10 years? I'm literally spending, out of my savings now, average about $30,000 a year wow. just to maintain a modest lifestyle. Modest. I'm not... Buddhist monks live a more lavish lifestyle than I do. I've always been very conservative. I'm not a traveler. I I drive a a 15-year-old car that looks still brand new with low miles. I don't eat out all the time. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people like me out there who are, I'll bet you, are in the same position. It doesn't bring everybody Happiness.
1: Well, I, I agree with that, Larry. I, I do think. Well, first of all, what you're saying goes hand in hand with the age group in this survey. If you're if you're 70 years old, because I think you are Silent Generation, and that is the the one age group that had the lowest number of people saying that it, bo- it bought happiness. The one thing that I'll advert back to though is. If you are worried about not being able to pay your bills, not being able to buy groceries, not being able to pay your rent or your mortgage or uh, keep the heat on or or pay your electric bill, I think that adds a level of stress that is pretty significant, though. And I think it does stop or at least retard your happiness a bit.
5: I haven't been in that situation um, as far as In my adult years but again I look I look towards the future how many years can I live and still you know have savings to live off of that's that's what I worry about the most now I worry about uh, catastrophic illness wiping me out I worry about blah 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 there are so many things now at this age I didn't worry about before that it's just, it's a new experience. Interesting, new Larry. Thank you.
1: We're wishing you the best of luck. 800 848 Steve is in Baltimore. Hello, Steve. Good morning. How are you? I am uh, just, I am just dandy as a disco ball.
4: All right, good. So um, in, in answering the question about can money buy happiness, what I'd like to do is separate having money from being like a celebrity. So you can have a lot of money, but not be a celebrity. I think being a celebrity doesn't bring happiness. Oh, I would agree with that. But having money can. Having money can bring
1: happiness. Completely agree with that. I've known a lot of well-known people over the years. And one told me uh, that um, he said the worst thing that you can ever have is fame without the fortune. And that's what he said, the position that he was in. And uh, I, I completely agree with you on that front, uh, Steve. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Tony's in Indiana. Hello, Tony. Hey, how's it going, Frank? As chi- I'm as chipper as a morning person at midnight.
4: Well, let me say that I still got my sign on the door that I'm riding with Frank Milano. Love I it. I let you know it's Love still it. on.
1: Beautiful. Hey, I... So I wanted to comment
4: on that. I I think that you need to look at the point is, is somebody with money that just, oh, you know, got money from their family, always had money versus somebody that had no money and then gained some money. I think there's two different ways you look at that. You know what I mean? I think somebody that had nothing, you know what I mean? I grew up in New York City. I grew up in the projects. You know what I mean? When I moved away from New York in 1985 and moved to the Midwest, I had, you know, the shirt on my back and $8 in my pocket. You know, so now I make over $200,000 a year.
1: That's great. So, you, know, Good for it's, you
4: big, big, you know what I mean? It just depends. But you know what? You have a deeper appreciation for that money. Oh, when I'm you Oh, I'm sure. It that way. I'm
1: sure. Hey, Tony, um, if you're answering the question that I posed to these guys, how much money would you need to feel less stressed and happy in addition to what you're making now what would you say
4: I don't think I think um I wouldn't need it right. I, I think that I, when I wake up at least I never have a worry I mean I've had that worry so I know both sides of the equation but it's it's extremely comforting to wake up and know that Okay, I'm not going to stress to pay my mortgage. I ain't got to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. I know I can pay my electric bill. It's a much different. And I think once that stress is lifted, I, I truly have to believe that helps with longevity of life.
1: Oh, uh, so do I, Tony. No doubt about it. Tony, thank you. 800 9222 Lisa is on Long Island. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Oh, I'm calling myself
3: Lisa. I'm sorry about that. That's right. I just... We spoke earlier, but yep. I just wanted to let you know that uh, Dr. Debbie Thomas, uh, the former Olympic figure skater, she was in uh, wine dance, skating with the uh, inner city kids in wine dance. And that was on Saturday. What? And she made a good comeback. She looks really good. You have to check her. You know, she's on TikTok because they didn't really um, broadcast it on the news or anything. But News 12. Showed her on Friday, but it was really a great event.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, thank you for uh, edifying us on that one, Lisa. Thank you. Michael is on Staten Island. Hello, Michael.
2: Yes, good morning, Frank. Great morning. show, as usual. Thank you. All right. Uh, the reason why I think people that make more money need more money is simply upkeep. You know, uh, I was a physical laborer. Once I got a business, I bought a house. I put more money in my house than I spent on it at this point. So I believe that's part of the reason why people that make more money seem to feel like they need more money. That's an interesting
1: take. Uh, that is an interesting take, and it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense to me. You got to do that maintenance somehow. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. All right. Um, no Malladenden is here. He has returned. We're gonna get an update from him on the news, But first, let me say hello to Tony and Newberg. Hello, hello, Tony.
5: Good morning, Frank. How are you?
1: I am just jiffy. Thank you.
5: Good, good, good. So I think I need about a good forty to fifty grand a year to make me happy. But the truth is, as long as I had my house paid for, I'd be very concerned with what I make per year, and I think all the people. That need this extra money. It's just to pay their mortgage. Yeah, it's difficult out there.
1: Oh, you you don't have to tell me. Uh, believe believe me, I'm uh, I'm paying eighty four dollars for hot chocolate. I, I totally get that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh,
1: so you say forty to fifty thousand a year?
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or if the mortgage is paid off, whatever you make
3: per, whatever your salary is, I'm sure people would be more content.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on, on that, Tony. I think we're in the same uh, neighborhood. Uh, maybe I am playing with fire here, but E. Frank in Astoria, what do you think?
6: Yeah, I uh, I got to tell you, Frank, uh, I am content with $36,000 a year combined with my mother because we have enough to pay for burial expenses, uh, funeral services, uh, pay our basic bills, pay our basic rent, but, you know, I think money is the root of all evil because, uh, my uh... friend who is a neighbor of mine in a neighboring building she's the cousin of uh... major league baseball player jordan montgomery and she's always complaining oh i can't make enough of the hundred thirty six thousand dollars that i earn as a supervisory nurse is not enough you know all these excuses that some people make about money and she's always complaining and she, and I says you know i make uh... I, I survive on a lot less than most people how come you're not happy I says, I have a big family and they're never content and I have to worry about their future.
1: Yeah, well you e. prank, uh, except for the radio on in the background, that was actually a pretty insightful phone call. I um you know, there are some people that will always complain, no matter how well they're doing financially, health wise. There's you know, Johnny Donovan, who was a, a DJ back in the day and then he was the voice of the Rush Limbaugh show. I used to work with Johnny, he was a friend of mine. And what he would say is that there's a part of your brain that worries when you're a kid, let's say, when you're just starting out about how you're going to pay the rent. And even when you get older and you have money, and even if it's a lot of money, that same part of your brain still has to worry about something. So Johnny's theory was that you are always worrying the same amount no matter How much money you have. I'm not doing a good job explaining his philosophy, but that's basically what it was: is that there's something that takes over that portion of your brain that was earmarked for worrying about how you were going to pay your rent. Hey, uh, Noam Layden lives rent-free in many of our brains. He will join us in mere moments to tell us what's in the news straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
6: This
1: is the great Selena Gomez. And um, no truth to the rumor that it was a birthday bumper music selection of our next panelist. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News.
0: From New York City side of midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with frank morano and news director gnome laden their summary of the world news and personal comments get the rest of the story
1: hello gnome uh, happy birthday i know you had a birthday yesterday right yeah thank you very much yeah yeah, yeah. i was always gonna put up a, fig- a facebook photo of uh of us because it you know is there one there's there's two of us. Oh,
7: okay. Nice pictures? Or? No, that's oh. why I didn't post them. Okay. You look good, but oh, I, I, you don't, don't... I don't look good.
1: Huh. No, one was after a party where you could tell I had too many, and I have the <laughs> dumb look on my face. Right, and, I, right. Um, and then you know, my I don't have any gray hairs in any of these photos, so it was just a reminder to me that... Uh, how much, how gray I've become in the time that we've known one another's Time so, marches on, Frank. And I was know. angry with you for having a birthday, and I, these <laughs> pictures coming up as recommended.
7: Well, thank you for the birthday wishes. Yes, yes.
1: What's in the news? You know, post-pandemic, Frank, it seems
7: nobody wants to work. And if they do work, they're going to places where things aren't working out so well. The latest is a story in the New York Times. Let me give them credit, because they did a great job with this. Air traffic controllers who spend uh, hours a day glued to monitors, of course, scanning the skies with the lives of thousands of passengers at stake. Of course, our our last line of defense to save us from a plane crash. But the job apparently comes with uh, intense pressure in the best of conditions. In the past two years, air traffic controllers, others have submitted hundreds of complaints to the FAA about how dangerous the job is. Uh, Staffing shortages, uh, mental health problems, uh, deteriorating buildings, some infested with bugs and black mold. Yeah. Yeah, If you've seen some of the offices and the control towers where these air traffic workers are in, they're disgusting. I mean, nobody's cleaned them. Uh, they're just awful. I mean not there's not even coffee nearby I'm to shocked. get yeah. How come? it just it's not be, it's just not idea. They're not wow. spending money on it. Uh, there's a nationwide staffing shortage. So what's happening now is you have so many of these air traffic controllers are working six day weeks, 10 hour days. And so what the result is is you have this group of fatigue, a distracted, demoralized workforce that is increasingly prone to making mistakes, ones that could be deadly. And there's a uh, this finding based on a whole bunch of interviews of 70 current and former air traffic controllers, pilots, of uh, federal officials as well, uh, just shows how often there are near misses in the air that are probably due to these air traffic controllers asleep at the switch. In fact, uh, they found there were reports of controllers sleeping while on duty, five employees uh, working under the influence of alcohol or drugs just just in the last couple months. Uh, they found these air traffic controllers under the influence on the job. Um, thankfully, the airspace uh, across America, knock on wood big time, is remarkably safe. But these air traffic controllers who spoke to The New York Times say they can't even tell you how many – Dangerous close calls have been happening uh, multiple times a week. Some controllers say they fear a deadly crash is inevitable, and they say it's really just because they can't get people to come to work. Nobody wants to work anymore.
1: Well, I mean, it sounds like they don't want to work at this job, which is just – it sounds horrible. I mean, I wouldn't want to work for this job. Why don't they do something to improve the conditions for such an important job, given what's at stake here?
7: Well, you know, the feds are behind this, and uh, sometimes they do a great job of making people comfortable. In other cases, like air traffic controllers, they just haven't. For years, there have been these complaints. We've heard about this for years. But more recently, these workers are more willing to speak out and say – hey, it's not just a matter of that you're overworking us and making us tired, but really the result is we could see crashes on the runway, crashes in the air. Thank God they haven't happened yet. But here's your wake-up call, America. We're talking to the New York Times. We've presented ourselves to them. Now the feds need to get to work and fix all that's wrong.
1: Uh, I mean, I hope things improve because this seems not only a disaster for these people, but a disaster for everybody potentially. Yeah, yeah. Did Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. Did you see the episode where John Delancey's character is an air traffic controller? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I don't want to give anything away for people that hasn't seen it, but he's dealing with some personal stress in his life, you know, that's pretty significant. And it leads to him making a pretty important mistake on the job as an air traffic controller. You could see that happening in uh in real life. Yeah, it's like a brain surgeon
7: making mistakes.
1: mistake. Exactly. <laughs>
7: yeah. Uh Noise cameras are going to come to New York City. There's been so much talk about this over the years. And it is, you would think, part of living in New York is you just have to deal with all kinds of noise. But no, uh, one in-city council member is saying, enough already, enough with the noise. So on Thursday, it looks like New York City will pass this bill that will activate these cameras that will... Uh, Detect whether a vehicle reaches at least 85 decibels from 50 feet or more away from where these cameras are. And if they do, it'll be like the cameras that catch you speeding on the roadway and send you a ticket later. Same thing. But the tickets for these noise things are way higher than they are for speeding. So uh, violators would face fines of $800 for a first offense. It would then go up to $2,625 for a third offense. The 311, uh, which is the central operation where people, New Yorkers, can complain about all kinds of things across the city, they say the number one complaint continues to be noise. Huh. And so that's why these city council members say, hey, it's time to react this. So they did a trial program across the city over the last year, and they say, yeah, the, it's really loud. It's really doing a number on people's ears. So on Thursday, the city council members say this bill will pass and these cameras will go up. It'll be seven or eight cameras to start. But they say they if it goes well, expect to see these cameras across the five in a short order of time.
1: That seems like an awfully steep fine yeah. for a first offense. And what what is most of the noise that they're concerned with? Is it engine noise? Is it muffler noise? Is it uh, music or something it's else? All all
7: those things, music uh-huh. being one of the biggest one. People I say see. you uh, you've maybe had this. I've had this in my neighborhood. All of a sudden, at like one in the morning, you can hear you know a song like it's playing in your living room. At one you're in you're the like,
1: morning, I'm at my widest away. Oh, that's true. Yes. Okay,
7: uh, two in the afternoon right. for that's you. Terrible. Yeah, uh, it's so loud, and you're like you always think like, what is this person doing? Who's actually sitting in the car? Like it must be so incredibly loud. And then horn honking, of course, is the old fashioned one. Right, All right. everybody right, knows right, about right, that. Right. So that kind of thing. So they want to stop. All that, and they think uh, this bill will do that because you get one mm-hmm. $800 chick. Chances are you're not going to w- drive around oh, the neighborhood honking your horn right. or playing really loud music. One last one. Uh, uh, I thank a listener who sent me this one. A woman in Brooklyn. Oh, right, let me ask you this question. This all is right. a terrible question to ask you, but I asked you anyway. Before you were married, yeah. did you ever cheat on a girlfriend?
1: Um, You know, uh, I. Well, how... what do you consider cheating?
7: Like. You know, making out, uh, fooling around with them. Okay, you did. Did you get caught? No. Okay, well, good for you. Yeah, thank you. So, I love these videos that go viral. This latest one is a woman in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, who came home to find her boyfriend in bed with another woman. She went berserk, and, you know, I guess rightfully so. I
1: saw this. Yeah,
7: and she threw out... Every item this guy owned from the 5th floor apartment in Bedsty. Uh, here were her neighbors who saw some of this taking place.
6: This girl is crazy. Oh wow,
2: she's she giving them a show. She giving
7: them a show. Uh, there was Look so much this. stuff on the street. First of all, she started with all of his clothes. I mean, every item he owned. Then she took all the appliances that he had bought for the apartment. She threw all of those things onto the ground. You could not believe how much was on the ground below. Thankfully, nobody was hit. People just sort of stood by and watched. And then uh, the police came in and they say, "Okay," and they said to the guy, "Okay, we're going to give you 30 minutes to grab everything you can cuz he had been kicked <laughs> out of his own apartment. He grabbed all of his appliances, he grabbed all his clothes, he went on his way. We don't know what happened, but what happened we do know what happened is that she walked in on him with another woman in bed. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. So
1: they uh they were living together? Yeah. Yeah, see that's I don't understand what that guy is thinking. I mean, yeah. clearly he wasn't, but I don't know how y- you bring someone home to a a, to a bed you're sharing, you're sharing with, with someone yeah. else. I mean, I don't know how you do that. That's crazy. She must have been that, pretty hot. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> you really do want to see pictures of all these Right, right. Because uh, you instance. would think,
7: you would say, wow, she must be really beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> so,
1: no, thank you as sure. always. And now you know the rest of the story. I have uh, an update to a story that I brought to your attention last week. So last week... I told you about this woman in Georgia who was arrested for for using a vibrator on the beach, and I, I we, there was body camera footage that was that went viral last week of Christina Revels Glick being arrested in July of 2021 for pledging herself on Tybee Island Beach in Georgia. Now, during the the segment we were talking about it. I had mentioned that some websites had reported that she had taken her own life. I said that I, was, I didn't buy it because there was no sourcing in any of these websites. Well, uh, DailyMail.com, which is a, a British tabloid, they are confirming that eight months after her arrest, she was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, which is very, very sad. Now, her family says the Tybee Island beach incident did not lead to her death, but instead she fell into alcohol and drug abuse. So uh, that is, as they say, that. The woman whose arrest for pleasuring herself on the beach went viral, took her own life just eight months after the incident in a tragic end to, you know, I mean, a young woman here, to what was a very promising life. This video was viewed by two and a half million people. It's a video of her arrest, not her pleasuring herself. Two and a half million people within the first three days of its posting. Many who took to the Internet to express sympathy for the mother of two and unconfirmed Internet rumors suggested she had killed herself across the weekend because of the public shaming. That was not the case. Instead, um, this woman's story, which, you know, the Daily Daily Mail reported on, is a really sorry tale of a downward spiral caused by drugs and alcohol. And it saw her cut off from those who once loved her the most and led to this woman who was a college graduate. seemed very bright. And she was a realtor at one time ending in you know abject squalor so it's a it's a sad situation. you can read the story on dailyMail.com if you want and find more details but because we I mentioned this story and we I said that I didn't think that that was the case, I wanted to bring it to your attention So I have brought it to your attention and it's a sad ending but it is what it is. Uh, I I did want to mention also, um, on a much more upbeat note, Henry Kissinger, who died at the age of 100 last week, he not only outlived his obituary writer, which happens when people are old. I think Castro outlived his obituary writer. He not only outlived his obituary writer, but he outlived the obituary writer of his obituary writer. So the guy that wrote his obituary died. And the guy that wrote his obituary also died. He outlived all of those people. So, I mean, that's a that's a life well lived if ever there was one. All right. Uh, if you want to comment on anything we're covering, you can certainly do so. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. In about 10 minutes, we will do 15 seconds of fame. And uh, you, I think we're all familiar with the artist Botticelli, right? Uh, probably one of the most famous Italian painters of all time. There was this lost Botticelli masterpiece, Worth a hundred nine million dollars, that has been found in a home in southern Italy, a painting by the fifteenth-century master Sandro Botticelli, recorded as missing since the '80s, has been found at this home in Italy. It's a depiction of the Virgin Mary and infant Christ, and it was discovered in a home. In a town near Naples, according to the Carabinieri Cultural Heritage Protection Unit, the painting by the artist who is most famous for the birth of Venus, it's estimated to be worth $109 million. It was commissioned for the Catholic Church in 1470. So, isn't that amazing? It was... It had hung in a church in a Neapolitan suburb near um, in the Neapolitan suburb of Santa Maria La Carita or La Charita, which I think is where my family is from, actually, on my mom's side. It had hung there since the 1900s after the church it was originally given to burned down. When an earthquake damaged the church in 1982, the painting was given by the parish to a local family for safekeeping. So, for the first few years after the family was entrusted with the painting, local authorities, they checked on its condition, advising them on where to keep it and helping move and clean it. But for some reason, the checks stopped in the 1990s and the painting was listed as missing. And after tracking down the branch of the family that currently held the painting, the police worked with the local mayor who was already aware of the presence of the Botticelli and help mediate its retrieval. So now it's going to be preserved in a museum. And I'm not sure what the family is going to get here. I'm also, it's also not clear why the state stopped checking on a painting of this value. CNN reached out to the uh, painting, uh, excuse me, reached out to the family, but they did not comment about any of this. So there's that. 800-848-9222, Lisa is in Connecticut. Hi, Lisa.
6: Hey, hey, how are you? Uh. So I'm really sad about that update. Yeah.
5: Um, You know, mental illness is really bad. I'm sure after all that happened, she was self-medicating and then did that. That's really sad. But then I also wanted to comment about this whole thing about the noise thing. Like, aren't we all in New York, like, known for, like, playing that music, having a good time in the car, rocking out in our car, and this and that. Like, I understand that there are certain times where you shouldn't be blasting your music, but isn't that going to, like, instill, like, even more getting people that don't have any money, that they're that rubbing two nickels
3: together, and all they have is their little speaker system in their car, and they're bumping it so they...
1: Um, but, but I hate it. No, it is it is rough. I just had to pay a bunch of, um, red, not red light, but speeding camera violations because it, I used to not get them because it was only during the school day and I don't commute during the school day. But now, if I'm going 40 miles per hour in an, a zone that is only 30, you get whacked with one of these tickets. $75 per pop. I, I mean, it's, it's it is. It's just, I mean, I guess maybe... Uh, The incentive, then, is to make sure you don't speed. And I'm certainly not cognizant of speeding, but it is what it is. Um, Craig is in Baltimore. Hello, Craig.
4: Hey, just calling about Kissinger. Uh, They say only the good die young.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. I knew somebody was going to say that, Craig. Thank you. All right, we're going to do 15 seconds of fame in a moment. Oh, Mike in Connecticut has a comment. Hello, Mike.
4: Hey, how are you? I I think 800 is a little steep, but sometimes it seems like some of these people uh, purposely point their speakers so everybody else can hear their music, which a lot of times we don't like. But I want to That's comment annoying. real quick. It is annoying. Yeah, it is. But I, the main reason I called... Isn't it true that Norman Lear is still alive and he outlived Carol O'Connor
1: and Gene Stapleton? Yes. Yes. He's 100. That's a 100. Amazing. And apparently still very sharp. Yes, he is. I
4: saw him with Ted Koppel. Not too long ago. Yeah,
1: no, I saw that as well. It was on uh, CBS Sunday morning. I saw that too. Thank you, Mike. All right, we're going to do 15 seconds of fame in a moment. 800 9222. If you want to be heard on any subject for 15 seconds, this is The Other Side of Midnight, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.
0: Sign at Midnight with Frank Morano.
1: When the lights go down And your dreams go wrong, New version! In the darkness you might need a place to hide If the days are long when the sun goes down You might need a place to call your own Somewhere out there on the other side of Other Midnight side of Midnight by, Midnight by Stevie G and the Crystal Balls. Uh, Matt Plays, ball. what do we think? What do we think of the new version? Got a, kind of like a spooky aura to it. That's
2: what I was thinking. It's it a little spooky. Yeah. Was, I mean, did it re, did it need a remix? Uh, you know, a year what, later? I don't know. Is it about a year? Yeah, about a year. About a year. All right. You know, a yearly I mean, thing. I don't know.
1: I feel I feel like it fits the late night vibe, but a Christmas version. Yeah, that would have been nice. Mm. Yeah. Stevie G, work on it. Stevie G, get the team to work. I like it. All right, let us know what you think. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Boy, have we covered a lot of ground today. Uh, by the way, we're also uh, keeping an eye. Uh, there was not much news to report, which, I, which is why I didn't talk about it. But we're also keeping an eye on this warship situation in the uh, Red Sea. Uh, these uh, commercial ships hit in um, what appears to be a Houthi attack in the Red Sea. Uh, that's that's according to U.S. officials. So there's a lot going on in the Middle East right now. You have this uh, COP28 climate summit in Qatar. Does anybody point out that Qatar is basically, their entire economy is made by selling fossil fuels to the world? And they're... They're hosting a climate summit, which the gist of it is basically how terrible fossil fuels are. I mean, th- doesn't anybody say, well, Qatar, who's, who's forcing you to pump all this oil? I mean, it's they're calling it greenwashing. You know how they use sports washing for when uh, authoritarian regimes use sports to make people like them? They call this greenwashing, which is a, a term that I had just heard over the weekend for the first time. But whatever news there is on this uh, commercial ship attack, we will bring it to you. You have uh, ballistic missiles fired by these Houthi rebels, and um, a warship was shot down. A warship shot down three drones in self-defense. That's the word from the U.S. military. All right. 15 seconds and only 15 seconds at 800 848 at
0: The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. fame. Raji. Conundrum revisited. What does Super Radio host Frank Morano have in common with Animal Farm author George Orwell and NBA hoopster Carmelo Antoni? Thank you.
1: Mike.
5: Morning, Frank. Holiday train ride in New Hope, Pennsylvania. All aboard. Viewing the scenery included. Mixed drinks not included. Next stop, Povertyville.
1: Charlie.
6: With all of the moral relativism regarding the Middle East troubles, the angry, passionate, moral clarity voice of Sid Rosenberg is needed
5: now more than ever. Sid Rosenberg, anything but a moron.
1: Michael.
4: The family who had the painting uh, denies any malfeasance. They say they were framed.
1: <laughs> well done. E. Frank.
6: Yes, uh, I'm very sorry, Frank. I apologize greatly. Barbara Eden did not send me a Christmas card. It was Barbara Feldon.
1: Ray.
5: Yes, Frank, you're right. You covered a lot tonight. Great job. On the on the on the train, you got ripped off. They was that was that very sneaky, very very sneaky.
1: Lisa,
3: so I really think that you know they have to do all of these violations and things to cover what's going on with the migrant situation. That's
1: sad. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, uh, Steve. <laughs>
3: Yeah, with the red light camera, they send you pictures showing that you went through the red light. How are they going to prove that the noise is coming from your car to give you that $800 fine?
1: You know, that's a great question. I wonder how that is going to work in all seriousness. That's, uh, that's a good one. Uh, bon. Hmm. Sizzle, moron, sizzle, moron, sizzle, moron, a- <laughs> Jeez. I guess Sid was off for two days. That guy took off as well. 800-848-9222. Russ.
6: Hey, Frank, man, I gotta say, man, the Orioles are gonna do it, baby, and long live Zion, baby, long live Zion.
1: Thank you, Russ. And uh, finally, Marie. Frank, I I couldn't find my
6: train whistle since you've been telling that story, so choo-choo, I was looking for it for hours. But anyway, it sounded like you got railroaded. But oh, I would have been upset. Oh, but I would have been upset too. That's like a that was a, a love bomb. Have a good day, everybody. Thank Bless you, everybody. Thank
1: you, Marie. Appreciate it. All right, that slams the lid on things for today. I got some fun stuff that I'm working on for tomorrow, um, but I'm not ready to say what it is yet. So just uh, stay tuned and come back tomorrow. Yeah, we'll go. Through, we're definitely going to go through your email. So if you want to email me and be heard, frank.morano at networks.com. Frank Morano, good day.
2: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.